0: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedule Fly, and this is our first three-peat. Uh, for the third time. We were very lucky and thankful to have Karen Hoskin on here, and this time was really cool because I got to do it in person at Montana Distiller. Um, that place is phenomenal out in Crested Butte, Colorado, and. When Karen and I spoke, the last time she was on here was over the summer, and she had just raised a bunch of money from Constellation Brands, and we got into that a little bit, but we we talked about so many things, we didn't really get to finish that up, and so we kind of mutually agreed we would have a follow-up, and luckily, um, I think I had to cancel once or something, and I'm kind of glad because we were going to do that over the phone, but this time I got to be out here in person, and Stayed with Karen and her awesome husband, Bryce, um, and just had a great time in Crested Butte, hanging out with them, hanging out in the distillery, sharing uh, a wonderful afternoon uh, of time with with Karen and just a great conversation we had. And and then I got to ski Crested Butte the next day, which was cool. But anyway, nevertheless, here's the episode. Check it out. Karen's awesome. We're proud to serve her and her crew, and um, she's gonna keep doing great things y'all have a good one more coming soon all right we're gonna go ahead and start recording we're, we're live here this is freaking awesome i can't tell y'all how excited i am everybody it's will here with schedule fly and i am not in north carolina i'm not in charlotte i'm not in raleigh i'm in crested butte colorado which has been on my bucket list since i was a kid and grew up skiing but more importantly i'm here with karen hoskin at Montana Distillers. And th- you are the first three Pete on this podcast.
1: That's exciting.
0: Yes, you are. You are the first three Pete. And uh, I'm sure we'll have more. But um, thank you. This is really cool to get to meet you in person, sitting here at Montana Distillers. I just had some phenomenal food, some really, really good food, some incredible rum. And uh, now I got some tea here, and we're going to hang out and talk. So, I, this is so awesome i'm really excited about this and i appreciate you doing this yeah Yeah. absolutely um so well last we left off we got into all kinds of stuff last time including what we were just talking about you remember we were talking actually do you remember we were i was telling you i was trying to get my daughter into entrepreneurialism and just kind of well literally over the weekend i'm gonna show it to you in a minute she uh painted a uh, horse she's does equestrian and that was our idea is to make these hats and then with her paintings have them screen printed on a hat and then sell them to you know the barns and stuff around where she rides and just learn how to take a product buy the product it costs sell the product deal with customers
1: make some money make
0: inventory (laughs) make your own money and feel like this is really cool I'm going to do more of these and get that you know I mean not that she has to do that one day she can do what she wants but she wants to be a vet but Kind of cool to get that going.
1: Absolutely. Well, being a vet is being a business owner, usually too. I mean, it's rare. No, so. Well, it
0: definitely is being a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I will. One hundred percent. So, but you are a very successful entrepreneur who has taken this crazy idea to start a rum distillery out here in Crested Butte, Colorado, and turned it into a phenomenal business. And I don't even know where to start, because I had all these things I wanted to ask you about, but then you just told me that you're buying your your building closing this week.
1: Yes, Friday, 1 o'clock. I know, it's (laughs) it's made for a whole third full-time job this week, but I'm so glad to be sitting here and not thinking about, you know, documents going to the title company.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Well, I want to get to that, but I want to, the big thing that we missed last time uh, that's so important that we touched on but you uh you raised a bunch of money earlier this year uh for the distillery and it's a really big deal and it's a really big win for you and your team and for female distillers and um you know we got into a lot of the hurdles and challenges and, and roadblocks you've had to overcome along the way as a woman in the distilling business uh and now there's been this big injection of capital but which brand was it was it
1: Constellation Constellation. brands or Constellation Brands Ventures I'm part of their Ventures Division which is the group that makes typically minority investments in smaller craft spirits or craft beer or wine it's typically been craft spirits so far okay Um, and they yeah, they kind of bring a strategic partnership to the relationship, which has been amazing.
0: Okay. And they're, they're uh, like, how much did they set aside for this? initiative? Not for million, you. But right. Yeah. A, the million. whole
1: fund is a hundred million. Okay. Um, but really, as I've gotten to know them better, the purpose is to demonstrate that the female owners can deliver in every way, the same way that the male owners can so that the, the disincentive that has existed in the system to invest in female owned companies goes away. They yeah. want to be part of showing the results, showing the metrics, the quantitative measurements of these yeah. companies. And maybe we even outperform or sure. maybe we do better on some things and, um, that will hopefully start to kick down some of those barriers that have been enormous.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, were you the first recipient uh, of their
1: I was the first uh, craft spirit recipient. So there was a company called Austin Cocktails that came on before me, and they—it's okay. um, a couple of women who started a very cool canned cocktail company out of Austin, Texas. Canned uh, cocktail. But okay. they're not making—they're not distillers. They are, um, you know, they—they they are making these really cool cocktails uh, that go into the can that you can get, like you know, at the baseball field and buy it at, you know, the liquor store and take on your river trip or whatever. Which okay. is not really what I do. We're we're much more of a, you know, kind of integrated vertical top to bottom. We make it ourselves, we bottle it and we sell it, but it's, you know, usually typically an eighty proof spirit as opposed to a um, you know, a canned cocktail or something like that. Those are called R T D. That's a big growth RTD. area is R T D ready to drink
0: got it okay okay
1: which i think is kind of funny because i'm like what mine's not ready to drink yours is <laughs> but, ready to drink i just
0: had four <laughs> different samples neat and it was it's very it's ready, very to, ready drink. to drink <laughs> yeah it is
1: but maybe not for you know a 20 year old i don't yeah, know so. <laughs> okay
0: fair enough well okay so i got it so they're doing that you know now what did you raise the money for I, I mean obviously you want to grow but where is where are you deploying most of it and um, is it ever a certain time frame? Do you ha- or what's the plan? Sure.
1: Um, so I developed a pretty detailed strategic plan um, in order to kind of go into this relationship. Um, I wanted to build a sales force. Um, so as you know, because you're sitting in it right now, I have a vibrant bar and restaurant operation that, you know, for a lot of companies, that's their main bread and butter and i love that part of what i do and we're the you know we've been lucky enough to be the top rated restaurant in crested butte on TripAdvisor for a while now um which i think is funny because i'm like food is sort of a it's it's a bit of an afterthought for me personally as the owner because you know rum has always been the forethought um but i love having this bar and restaurant operation but it's a much bigger company than that um My dream and my goal is to sell beautiful, premium American rum all over the world. And I'm launching in April in the UK um, with a new rum-focused distributor over there. So, you know, it's really that all of this takes just this phenomenal amount of time and investment. Nothing happens immediately. It's not like you, you know, launch in the UK and suddenly everybody's like, oh, let's go buy Montagna rum. You know, they have to know where, they have to know why, you have to, you know, get, win the hearts and minds of the customers and all that stuff. So it's a big uh, process, it takes time, but once you do it, it's pretty, it, you know, you get a lot of loyalty, you get a lot of organic growth. So they're helping me to build all of the parts and pieces of that machine that will bring Montagne rum to the world essentially.
0: Okay. Okay. So, well, let's take the UK and you're also in. you have you're in Spain, right?
1: We, so primarily in France in a partnership with V&B which is called you know Bien and it's like okay. wine, it's a wine, typically a wine and beer um, retailer. They have 180 stores in France but we they also sell high-end craft spirits, and we kind of won the rum category of their um, American portfolio.
0: Okay, so for okay, how many how many American rum distilleries are there?
1: Well, it's a kind of a complicated question because okay. it's there are people who make rum because they're super serious about rum, and then okay. there are people who make rum because they've got whiskey aging in the barrel, but really they're a whiskey distiller and they're not that serious about rum. Or they make a portfolio of everything. So they've got a vodka and a gin and a rum and a whiskey and a rye Uh and a bourbon and a, you know, on and on and on. Uh, Maybe they make an absinthe, maybe they make a, you know, liqueur. Okay. Um, We are one of maybe four Extremely serious rum producers in the Four,
0: yeah, and really,
1: maybe some people would say two, um, but I would say you know probably more like four. I mean, there are some. There are two of us that have a global reach, a global like we are. We want to own a global market. Yeah, Um, four that I would say are just super focused on premium, high-end, beautiful rum. Okay. And then there are probably 200 that make a yeah. rum. Yeah. Whether or not it's something we care about is, is really the question. I get gotcha.
0: you. And then are there people that put their label on a bottle rum that's made somewhere else? That a don't lot. actually just... Yes. And that, it, that's, that's, I didn't realize that was such a big thing a big in the liquor thing. industry. Either.
1: It's actually an even bigger thing in the world of rum. Really? Because... Um, there are a lot of companies that buy rum from these beautiful rum producers around the world, and then they, um, you know, they might blend it. They might blend a Jamaican with a Barbados, um, or they might just buy Barbados, but they might blend a 12 year with a seven year or something okay. like that. And you know, they create a, a label, a brand, um, but they didn't actually make it, um, which you know in my mind that's totally fine like that's great because sometimes that brings rums to the world that or spirits to the world that are hard to find or um but what I what I don't love is when people don't tell well you know, it's I was a just about to say that as long as you're authentic smoke and mirrors going on there's a lot on, of
0: uh, I didn't I didn't realize this but I mean there's a lot of um storytelling I mean like storytelling in the sense that like the story is not really the real good story. Yeah, there's, and then there's, there's authentic so storytelling like truthful, yours. Yeah. And then there's there's uh, some fairy tales. Yeah. It's, it's almost. It seems like that's unfortunate. As a consumer, that's really disturbing to me. I mean.
1: Well, and I think back in the you know, when I first started, it's going to be 12 years in April when I first started. People didn't even know what questions to ask. Right. They were like, wait, you know, they didn't even know about that you could make a craft spirit in Crested Butte, Colorado or Silverton, Colorado or Breckenridge or whatever. So they didn't even know what questions to ask. People have become so savvy and they now know, like, do you actually distill this? And And where do you distill it? Because the federal government of the United States doesn't make you say on your bottle. You only have to say where it was bottled. And that's something that I think the craft spirits world is working on changing. We'd like people to say, where is this distilled?
0: You need to, because I heard that you could, um, like, okay. the people that are distilling it figured this stuff out, and then they start setting up DBAs and the name of the business, so mm-hmm. it's quote, distilled by, when it's just, you know, it's just a scam. I mean, like, you're, yeah. you're, you're hoodwinking the consumer. Um,
1: but some companies have been really called out over the last four or five years, and you know, good. sued, and they've been forced to change all their labels on their bottles, and they've ha- you know, had to pay a lot of money for lying. Good. <laughs> so I think that, that now the you know there are a lot of people who are like, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't do that because it could get you in a lot of trouble. Okay. All right.
0: Well, y'all clearly do it all here, In fact, I want to go up. I can't wait to go up and check those things out. Um. So why the UK? I mean, I know you want a global presence, but (coughs) was there a a connection or was it just...
1: Someone asked me this question recently. You know, I have a history of working with distributors and um, partnerships that are as excited about us as we are about them. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than going into a distributor's office and being like, hey, we're Montanya Rum, people really love what we do, we'd like to bring, you know... uh, montagna rum i'm just i'm gonna make a bad example i'm sure but you know we want to bring montagna rum to nashville tennessee right. oh, a better example would be new orleans louisiana um <clears throat> you know and then the distributor's like wah, wah. you know you're the Ugh. 30th person today that wants to bring their super cool craft spirit our way and you're like shoot you know God. like it's really hard to get them excited because they're just it's about you know, programs and the money that's going to line the pockets of their sales yeah, reps and it's really yeah. they don't care that much about you as a craft distiller so mm. I connected several years ago actually no it's really just about a year a little more than a year ago with a distributor in the UK that is not only really rum focused but they they only really deal in premium rum Okay. and you know they'll do all kinds of different rums like they have an Italian rum and they have a Cuban spiced rum that is delicious and they have um, <clears throat> you know all these different rums from all over the world that they're selling exclusively in the UK and when I met them you know first of all their their families go back to India and you know that my origin story of rum and montagna rum is India yeah. so we immediately had a connection um, they are a class act as human beings. They're really good people, but they're really excited about Montana And so I would much rather do business with them and ship it across the ocean to the UK than do business with a ho-hum, wah-wah distributor in, you know, Louisiana.
0: Gotcha. Makes total sense. D- does Constellation help? Has, are they, I mean, do they help get you all connected with Good distributors, or they I mean, how involved are they? I mean, is yeah, it
1: they'll make introductions for uh-huh. sure, um, but we are not obliged, and they are not obliged to uh, provide any sort of network of distribution for us. Yes, yeah. the, the, the relationship on that is independent, yeah, um, which has been good because yeah. I have some small distributors that they might have kicked out the door just being a bigger company, and I have some big companies oh, that they might yeah. not naturally be aligned right. with on okay. their network. So it's allowed me to be a little more um, decisive about who my partnerships are. Uh, but if I go into a new state, they will absolutely make an introduction, say, we think this is these guys have a really good track record of building brands, something to think about.
0: Okay. okay. And then, you know, you recently hired a head of sales is that right did i see that on instagram we just i struggle keeping up on instagram but i feel like i saw it this that this week okay no, yeah you're
1: right on i mean i've known since december so i've been like okay. mom's the word trying to make sure that he could yeah. tell everybody that needed to know and do the right thing with his current employer but um yeah we just made the formal announcement and he comes on uh beginning of april
0: and who is he i mean i saw his picture but i don't remember yeah. his name or his background He's
1: his name's Rob Richardson. He's someone I've worked with for 10 years. Okay. Um Robert he started in Colorado as the head of uh, the VP of Artisan Spirits in the Colorado distributor that we work with, Republic National. Okay. And then about 6 years ago he got promoted to Dallas, which is like the biggest blow of my, you know, distilling Ooh. life because he was one of the first two people who... I mean, I will never forget walking into that, like, corner office in this many million, million million-dollar company, you know, millions of dollars of alcohol, beer, wine flowing through this company. And I go and, like, open the floor-to-ceiling, you know, 25-foot door into the corner office, and here are these two guys. And um, sadly, Jim Smith passed away a couple years ago. He was one of my first advocates. I was like, what am I even doing here? I have this janky little Colorado (laughs) rum brand in the mountains. And they said, yes, we'll distribute for you, which I still look back on that. And I'm like, what? You know, I think I just... They just were like, let's just, why not? You yeah. know, what's the risk? Yeah. How bad could it be? Yeah. Um, and that was 10 years ago, and we've grown and grown and grown with them, and they've been really dedicated all these years. So when they promoted Rob to Dallas, which is kind of the, it's the path you That's take, we, yeah. I, I just felt like I lost like one of my key allies. And of oh. course, you know, I could have gained a key ally in Texas, but I was much more focused on Colorado. Um, so anyway, to make a long story short, he's 57, took some early retirement, um, and really wanted to do, think about what was next, and uh, he's... Didn't look 57. No, he's totally young and fit, and, yeah, you know, he's, but in the world of what I do, he's like, he's like guru you know that's he's awesome. like he knows everybody he knows all of the ways that the mechanisms work on the distribution side he's gonna be a game-changer for me
0: so what okay so he's he- oh, keep the mic uh, close okay you you, Sorry. No, that's fine okay <laughs> so what does that mean he's head of sales do you have a sales team or is he how does this, how does that work
1: so that is one of the biggest connections with constellation is that we have a um, really cool uh hybrid salesforce forming so okay. instead hybrid
0: of your salesforce and constellation salesforce
1: it's a shared salesforce so i actually pay you know part of the cost of it Con- the salesforce is kind of housed within constellation ventures okay and i'm able to share with other constellation ventures uh brands companies. okay
0: cuz they already have a salesforce and so
1: Well, and so I don't have to pay the full cost of one person moving around and all of their expenses and all their parking and all their hotel rooms and all their whatever it happens to Mm. be, five or six of us can share a person when a buyer sees someone walk through the door, they don't want to talk to every single company who ever made a drop of booze. You know, they would much rather deal with like this person who represents six or you know six options. Yeah. And it may be within those six companies there each of them has four SKUs, like I do. And so by the time they finish that conversation, you know they might have fit a bunch of different uh, craft spirits categories. But then they also know. That there's like some backing. There's some people, feet on the ground, human beings who can support the relationship. Okay. So it was. It's a really good model for me um, to be able to share those resources instead of being on the hook for it. And you know, it keeps me from having to be a, like uh, supervising a whole sales force all the time, which is a big distraction from where I need to be. So Rob, what Rob will do is he is very focused on building the distributor relationships. He knows what distributors want, how we can best support them and help them. And then we'll have these, you know, we'll be building a sales force nationally that I can probably afford for the long term, which is great.
0: Okay, building a sales force nationally, which means you'll have feet on the ground in big markets.
1: Right, is I already it? have New York and New, New Jersey. New. How, many, how many
0: people do you have in New York and New Jersey?
1: Just two total, Okay. Uh, one in each market, Okay. Um, but they move around a lot. Okay. And then um, we'll have a person in the next month in Denver, Dallas, San Francisco, okay. and then it'll just continue. Florida, you know, as we grow, I'm not, I'm taking a pretty measured approach. I'm trying to be really like, we've been a mile wide and an inch deep for 10 years where, yeah. you know. We, we have 44 states that we're distributed in but 44 yeah wow but could you find it on the shelf of a liquor store that you walked into probably not are they you in north carolina have to special order it no north well we have a weird you, know, you do <laughs> someone could special order it from north carolina but we're not listed it's a control state so
0: not only is it a control state we have 100 counties Within those 100 counties, we have 172 local ABC boards. And if you want to go sell your stuff there, you got to go to all 172 of them. It's a,
1: wow. Well, and it's happened to me where I, you know, I did that That's in nuts. New Hampshire. I went and pitched, because I'm from Maine. Like, I yeah. have all these people who are like, I want to buy your rum, I want to buy your rum. And, and I went to school in Massachusetts, same thing. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, I'm going to pick New Hampshire. It's a control state. We got listed, which meant you know 36 stores with Montaigne rum on the shelf. Yeah. And then, um, unfortunately, like they expect you to sell with the velocity of Bacardi or you know Graminier or these huge companies, and when you don't, they just kick you back out the door. I knew it was going to happen, but it was kind of an experiment on my part. But there's no point in me going to 172 different boards in the state of North Carolina because. Those people on the other end of the transaction aren't going to know about us. Right. So I'm building it in the more metropolitan centers where people already know about us, and they want to know about us, or they want to. like, there's so many people out there who're like, I just want to be able to buy a bottle. So we're that's 2020 for me is all about closing that gap, bringing the people together with the uh, bottle of rum that they want to buy in wherever they live. Do
0: you get like? Is there any way to get, like, demographics of, like, the tourism here and where people are coming from?
1: Yeah, we t- that was one of the first things we did in our sort of strategic plan was we were looking at who's walking in the door of our distillery and our yeah. tasting room, where are they coming from, and we kind of focused back in on those markets because it's a very natural way of... Um, marketing this, yeah. this building that we're sitting in is phenomenal marketing for us and it's you know it doesn't cost us money yeah, to yeah. do it I mean it does but we make money
0: yeah okay so you do know who's where they're coming from
1: mm-hmm.
0: I bet there's a decent number of people from North Carolina coming out here
1: yeah not as much from North Carolina as, as from Texas Oklahoma uh, yeah. well because Texas
0: you can we had to fly through Dallas that's the thing the direct flight is big yep. we go to denver and salt lake we had direct flights out of charlotte so mm-hmm. okay well i want to figure out how to get some of your stuff there because it's really good
1: <laughs> well and i want to come to charlotte because one of my best friends lives there
0: <laughs> oh i forgot about that yeah yeah make that happen i'm gonna heck yeah heck yeah it's wait so south Carolina's control state too so is virginia i think right yeah
1: right george is not george is not george has been easier for us Florida's not Florida's been easier my
0: father-in-law works for a liquor distributor in Georgia mm. want to hook up
1: we are with national distributing that's company who he works with. in Georgia oh yeah so <laughs> we have a contract with all the states that have either national or republic national so okay i you know and I, I've i had good experiences with them so I'm not looking to kick them out the door no yeah. that's who he works with that's, that's great that's perfect yeah, yeah. I'll tell him I'll tell him
0: that's pretty wild <laughs> that's cool he's been with them a long time it's good really company. long time yeah yeah it is good company Uh, I didn't know Georgia I guess I did know that because he's told me that it's a weird I don't understand the whole thing I know yeah it's like it's a franchise state which means that
1: I have to commit to one distributor okay we have a mutual commitment many states it's sort of like at will okay but in a franchise state you're sort of locked um, with the distributor you choose so you want to be really careful from the outset make the right call
0: okay so two, two other things I want to make sure to hit on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to verbalize you so we don't forget. One is I want to hear about the last on my right, your left. Uh, I w- I'll let you I- – I, he- I want you to tell the story of that because that was a big accomplishment for you all, and that stuff's really good too. Um, but tell me about that, that particular
1: – That particular rum, which is called Valentia. Uh, Valentia in Spanish, so everything, Montaña, Spanish, Oro, Platino, Exclusiva, Valentia, like, we're deeply inspired by the way they make rum in Central and South America, which is really different from the islands, from Jamaica, from um, Barbados, you know, it's just a different tradition. Um, we don't use 100% molasses, like many, like probably 90-something percent of rum distillers. Um, so... Valentia is, you know, what it means in Spanish is courage, bravery, grit. Um, I released it in November as a, as sort of my ode to how far women have come in the last decade in um, the world of craft distilling at every level. So literally from the distilling itself... To the bottling crews to, you know, the people moving things around with forklifts and, uh, you know, shipping and receiving, um, bartending, owners of restaurants and bars, women getting recognized as capable in every aspect of basically beverage alcohol from top to bottom. When I started almost 12 years ago, not only was there like nobody else doing this. Nobody, you know, no women owned the companies. Women were not distilling. Um, There were so few female bartenders and the ones that were there were really suffering and I I came to recognize that early in my life of like, I don't want these people to be living this life where they're being sexually harassed. Like you saw some of that come out in the hashtag Me Too Mm -hmm. campaigns where like these restaurant and bar owners were you know, they fell from grace because they you know, sexually harassed 19, 20, 25 of their employees over the years. Um, I was actually walking in the door of one of those restaurants when I realized, you know, I think we talked about this. Like, yeah. I realized that, like, this is one of those guys that just got, you know, taken down by 19 of his employees that he sexually harassed and, like, followed home in the Uber, you know, and so, um, God. There was a lot going on. I'll just say that. So, but if you look at things now, um, there are a lot more female distillers. There are a lot more female blenders. Um, a lot more owners of the company. Um, you know, I don't think these numbers are big. I think we're talking 7% from what I can assess. 7% of what? 7% of owners? 7, 7% of, of, no, it's less distillers um of craft spirits in america it's about seven percent women now okay. but it was coming up from zero that's a pretty big gain um, yeah Keep ownership that of these craft spirits businesses i think you know women led female led um distilleries are still very rare i'd say about two to two point five percent um again these numbers are not as empirical as i would like them to be um but And then, you know, restaurant owners, you probably know this, but 7% of restaurants in America are owned by women. Female bartenders are starting to, you know, get the recognition and the leadership roles that they deserve, but that's been a long journey. Um, creating work environments that are safe and, you know, protection from all of those harassment issues has been a big journey. So I wanted to, I wanted to stop... I wanted to get a little away from the constant narrative of how challenging it's been. Cause it has been challenging. Don't get me wrong. Into like a little bit of a narrative of like, let's celebrate what we've achieved. So Valentia is pretty much touched by women all the way through its lifespan. So it was distilled by our female distiller, Renee Newton. Yeah, um, Renee four, was on the podcast. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Amazing. She's yeah. amazing. Four years ago, Um, and then the whiskey barrel that we finished it in is from Catoctin Creek, which is a female head whiskey distiller named Becky Harris. That's in Virginia.
0: Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah. Really really
1: cool company worth checking into. Heck yeah. Um, and then, you know, our bottling crew was, we weren't all women because nothing we do is all women. Um, but we had a pretty, we had most of our female employees showed up that day and we had a big celebration and we had like 12 of us bottling the rum. And then we just re-bottled our second release of it, um, with a lot of our female staff. So, uh, you know, but we so value our male staff too, that we, we would never say you can't come cause you're a dude, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then, you know, like the. Cass who's behind the bar right now she's also been our mover and shaker which means she like you know works the forklift and she um, brings the sugar cane into this building and she takes the rum out to our rack house to age and um, she's been a huge part of this and then you know we released it with female bartenders and female bar owners and so Female-owned company, obviously female-led company. Um, I'm not just like a figurehead. I actually do run and run the company, as you know. Yeah, you do. So, um, yeah. So it's been it's been such a huge celebration, and it sold out so quickly. People were excited um, over the holidays. They like gave cases of it to their boards of directors as a celebration of women in the business or whatever it's just awesome so it was a very long answer to your question no, it's but a
0: <laughs> awesome answer that's a, that's a, i mean that's so cool so you've in 12 years come a long way still a long way to go but but the energy and the vibe and the excitement's going in the right direction that's going to keep growing yes. there now uh so you're 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 celebrating that a lot now Uh i mean you 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 personally have overcome a lot i mean you are at the tip of the spear for female-owned distributors and you've from talking to you several times over the last few years now i mean you have worked tirelessly and passionately and vigorously and intentionally with a a very clear objective karen and it's 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 quite impressive i mean
1: well, and one of the things, you know, that I sometimes get a little feedback about, it's like, do we have to talk about, you know, that we're women? Do we have to talk about women? And my feeling has always been that if you don't see women excelling and in, a, in an industry, if you don't have good examples or good opportunities for mentorship, or if you don't get to like, which I didn't, I didn't have anybody... That was female that I looked up to. I had lots of people that I looked up to, but none of them were women. Um, back, you know, in the early days of the company, and I just thought, God, if I could like make it less quiet and less lonely and less sort of a f- sense of like I can't let my guard down for one second because like yeah. one of the things I said for years when you know people would say oh, you work so hard or whatever, I'm like, you know, if I fail. I basically fail on behalf of my whole gender. You know? Oh, oh so, you definitely took a big,
0: big, you know, there was a lot of responsibility that you you yeah. took. No doubt about it. Yeah. A lot of pressure.
1: But in the relationship with Constellation, it's been so fun because, like, they just get so excited about, you know, they, they work with a lot of really huge companies. You know, some of, you know, Svedka, Vodka, and, like... Um, High West and, you know, these like companies that have huge distribution and they're really much, much bigger than we are. Um, and that's just different. They have Kim Crawford Wine, like it's rare to get to meet Kim Crawford. Um, but, you know, they're just so psyched to actually be working with these owners and founders who are so Deeply invested in their companies and get to like share in their success. I think it's a really cool model because oh, we need their resources and yeah. their support and their strategic partnership, and they get to have this kind of exciting, really fun experience with us. Yes, they do. And hopefully, it pays off for all of us.
0: Uh, it will. It will. Uh, and on that note, you um, on this Friday are, are buying this building. Mm-hmm. Which is just awesome. I mean, so we're like for those. I mean, first of all, just check out your website. Is it is it montanadistillers.com? Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're on Instagram and and uh, just check this place out, y'all. For listening, I mean that. Y'all, those pictures are like a. It's like it's like, a, it's like a, I mean, if you like ski towns and I mean in this in this winter time and this, it's just a beautiful, scenic awesome town where you've done a great job preserving your architecture here surrounded by mountains beautiful pictures every time i see your pictures on on instagram like god place is just (laughs) it's like heaven um so wonderful place and and you're like on the main street here elk avenue you're right in the middle of it Mm -hmm. um and you're buying the building that's so cool
1: it's been a huge kind of process over the last year of really knowing that we needed to own this building for a lot of different reasons yeah. um, but not wanting to take a bunch of our cash that we were putting into growth mm-hmm. and park it in a piece of real estate because then we didn't have the cash to grow and so um, this is actually being done by a separate partnership um, that I luckily get to be the majority owner of as well and I get to make sure that the lease is favorable to our company and all that stuff, um, but it doesn't have to take up the resources of the company. So, it's separate. I brought some investors in for that project. And that was the coolest part. It was like, I went out and I just said to a group of people, a number of different people, like, I got to have this opportunity, anybody want in, and they were like, watch on. You know, like local? a lot of people. Um, sort of quasi-local, mm-hmm. yeah. Like one is from Texas, but he has a, a second home up here. and He's been a huge advocate and supporter of mine for many years, and he's like, yeah, I'll help you buy your building. Well,
0: when you grow and you start buying these other ones, you call me?
1: <laughs> I'm I not written buying you. A, I would have written you
0: a check in a second. <laughs> Okay,
1: I might buy, it. so we have three well, other locations. I was going to say, There's tell me about that because,
0: locations. I mean, you obviously are, I mean, this is not enough it's to not support. Yeah, so how much is done here, and then what's at the other locations, and how are how you set up?
1: Um, About two miles down the road, we have a more, like, classic industrial building. That's yeah. our rack house. That's our bottling line. Okay. That's our warehouse. How many square feet? Shipping and receiving. Uh, it's only about... 1800 square feet but it has vertical it's a high vertical okay so we have barrels stacked five high out there um okay and so that's been amazing to have that space that's where the forklift is that's where you know the bigger trucks come and go that we load um we just bought a 500 gallon still that will go there um we just bought a um,
0: 500 gallon still where'd you buy a 500 gallon still
1: we had it custom made in okay. the U.S. by a company in Portland, Oregon wow. um, called Bridgetown, and they are doing, I mean, it's just like the coolest thing, because it's to my specs. Nice. You know, we, we have a way that we've made rum for a long time, and we wanted to continue that tradition, Yeah. Um, but it didn't exist. Like, we couldn't go out and buy a 500-gallon version of the still we've been, dis- we've been distilling on multiple... Um, Alembic copper pot stills from Portugal Okay. so we basically hired this company to custom make it for us and um, we, we have a new labeling kind of bottling line where it's more automated and me- mechanized than um, it has been in the past so I was just talking with one of our full time distillery crew about how cantankerous it's been we only put it into service last Tuesday for the first time and it's it's challenging but we'll get there. You know, it, like it's a lot of moving parts and a lot yeah. of we're at altitude so that everything's different. Things yeah. are drier, things are pressure in the condens- or the compressors works differently and Okay. So
0: so you got okay, so you're there and then
1: and then we have we, a sort of HQ which is okay. more office and conference room and we have you know six six uh, and more administrative staff that are working, more corporate staff working on that side. So okay. really um, working hard on the, um, you know, the brand building, the international and national recognition. We plan events, you know, in the next two months I go I literally zigzag all over this country from and overseas, you know, like going, making some speeches about premium rum and about sugar cane and about, you know, Uh, I get to speak at the Global Symposium of the Women of the Vine and Spirits, which is 700 women working in beverage alcohol all coming together. Really? It's going to be so cool.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. Nice.
1: Dreams coming true, you know. Yeah. But then also going in, like I go next week to meet with distributors and so it's a lot of different parts and pieces moving.
0: How many days do you travel per year?
1: I sort of estimate that it's about half the time.
0: Okay. Right.
1: And then there's a piece of that travel that's like me going somewhere personally with my amazing husband and, yeah. You know and my kids live out in California So just came back from visiting them and going to the beach and
0: where are they uh, in California?
1: They are both in Orange County south of LA yeah. um, one's about to graduate in the school of business uh, he's just got a job in the finance world, and the other one's in the film school, and he's an animator, visual effects guy.
0: I follow him. You told yeah. me it. it's awesome. Amazing. Very talented. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're both
1: super talented in their fields. Like, uh, my older son is all about like building good data analytics for the finance world, and he's more like a computer guy. So. Who's he going to work for? He's working for Pacific Investment Research. Cool. Full time. He's already met all his class requirements except one class so he's working full-time already nice i know it's fun
0: and your other son what's his instagram handle
1: uh like wild like wild yes. um, yeah but it's got like some like underscores underscore? and dot underscore but like wild it's will hoskin he's, yeah, he's got that like so talented yeah it's really I cool i mean i probably shouldn't say that as his mom but i feel ah, like I've he's very had nothing to do with it He's you know, very talented. He's got his own. I mean, you got the scene you got the
0: full on create creative mind going on. Your branding your everything you do. The design is really sharp, really really sharp. I mean, you and your team, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, <laughs> which is a big part. of it. I mean, it's it presents well. the story. It's that whole. It, you got a lot of things you got to get right in oh, this and if industry. I, have I mean.
1: If I had $100 for everybody who's told me, like, no, 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 not that. Like, nobody cares about sustainability. Nobody cares about women. Nobody cares about, you know, like back in the day when craft cocktails weren't a thing and I started a craft cocktail bar that was just rum, they were like, nobody drinks rum cocktails, nobody this, nobody that. And if I'd listened to any of them, we would not be here today. Yeah,
0: you can't because because they're going with what they know and they're going. With, they don't have the vision, right? And they, they should Good, they they don't because that gives you the opportunity, right? <laughs> like that's, that's the thing you have to go. Forging. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you, but I'm ahead of you. You're just ahead of the curve, right? Like you're there and you know they're not there, but you know that they're going to get there eventually. And well,
1: I figure if I think about it. I'm not weird. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not. I'm not sort of out an outlier in this world. I figure if I think about it, other people probably think about it too. But you know, it was a case of survival. Like there were many, many times over the last twelve years when I thought, it's not going to happen fast enough. People aren't going to care about sustainability soon enough. They're not going to care about women in business soon enough, and they're not going to care about rum, premium rum soon enough.
0: Well, you can be too ahead of the curve. I, that, that's that's I that, that's possible. I mean, I, I I know I know somebody that uh, is, a, you know, was a little too far ahead of the curve, probably with organic distilling, and it's just, it's hard. It I mean, hard. that's yeah. really frustrating, especially when you kind of lay the groundwork and then you see somebody else come in and you know fulfill that vision so i'm glad you've been able to you were able to hold on because it is hard it was, and it's very challenging emotionally especially because you already have doubters people going ah, oh, nobody cares about it. And you're, you're like i know and eyes. then and then yeah. you're like oh great now you know they're gonna you know that was right even though i know i'm gonna be right so it's good that you were able to that's really awesome it's
1: well and the big piece of that was like you know people were so focused on caribbean rum like they were like yeah rum is an island thing rum yeah, is a, yeah, yeah. is a beach thing like what the heck are you doing this mountain rum thing and yeah. so i had to spend years telling the story of no rum is a mountain thing and let me tell you about all these rich beautiful mountain traditions of making rum and you know i went and visited a lot of them and i just uh about a year ago went to columbia for the first time and there's some fascinating craft rum making going on in Medellin, Colombia. And, you know, there's just like, there there has been a long-time tradition of using mountain water and sugarcane grown on the base of volcanic craters and things like that in um, Central and South America. So, really inspiring to me.
0: That's so cool. When you talk about sustainability, what do you mean? I mean, I know what you mean, but like, how tell me some specific examples of what y'all done mm. where you were thinking yeah. about that before others and and i mean it reminds me a little bit of yvonne chouinard at patagonia uh,
1: he's my hero is yeah. he really oh my mine gosh. too he,
0: but you know like he went out and figured out organic cot and all that like way ahead of everybody so else and long so long ago yeah have you seen 180 south
1: oh yeah uh, oh no uh gone surfing you talking about oh re- i guess i read the book the Guns book is or,
0: uh right? let uh my, let let them my, go let surfing the, my, my people go surfing yeah. you got to watch 180 south oh, I it's the I story have. about him and um the the uh guy from uh north face uh who passed away a few years ago but they were buddies oh i'll spare okay. you go to netflix or I'll whatever just go 180 yeah. south you love it awesome. but anyway you remind me very much of uh well, okay. but I mean, with between His
1: what he and Kim Jordan from like New Belgium have been doing for like Kim, Kim Jordan was talking about these things 28 years ago well, in the I don't beer know that. world. Okay. She's, yeah. you know, New Belgium, which is in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. Absolutely groundbreaking in terms of sustainability. And so I would never even pretend that I was at the forefront of this, but I was astounded at how not it was how little it was happening in the craft spirits the growing craft spirits industry i was like wait a second it's like practically a brand new business yeah you know um and people aren't thinking about this and it's it's pretty impactful and then i started looking at rum distillers around the world and in some of these other parts places and i was like oh my god it's like awful it's not just not sustainable. It's like ant. What, what's antithesis. not su- like?
0: What's happening that's not sustainable? Oh, I don't like understand.
1: Pumping. It. Oh, okay. So like pumping, um, you know, distilling leavings into the ocean or oh, in- into okay. fields on small islands and so, getting shut down by the EPA. Or okay.
0: If- so your waste products just getting just not just
1: not being well taken care yeah, of. Yeah,
0: okay, got
1: it. Overuse of water, sending water generally back into the stream, uh, you know, the stream flow dirtier than it came in. Okay. Glass, you know, glass is like this incredibly impactful industry and it's we, nobody talks about glass in the in the spirits world, but like if you have your glass made in China and it's coming um you know, it's coming on huge container ships, like it's it's having a massive impact on energy, water, air pollution. Um, Got it. Okay, so, so, like,
0: where's your glass? Made?
1: So, we get cradle to cradle certified glass. Our glass is actually made, uh, well, it's made in a lot of different places the US, Colombia. Um, some of our glass has been made in Mexico, but we've phased that out now. Um, And it's cradle-to-cradle certified, which is one of the most rigorous things that you can get at. What does that mean? It means that they've looked at the supply chain into the making of the glass and then out of the making of the glass. And so the impacts on the communities around the glass factories, um, inflow of water, outflow of water, just, I mean, a thousand different metrics that they're looking at in production. Okay. It's, uh, my glass company was the first... Company ever to be cradle to cradle certified for a beverage glass package um, they're absolutely at the cutting edge of that
0: did you find them did you yeah. talk them into it
1: um, I don't know if I talked them into it, but I definitely feel like they are ramping up their sustainability in part because they see how much it matters to me and yeah. some of their new customers um, but you know you, your real question was like what am I doing and I would basically say Whoa. everything yeah not like not that I am doing everything that can be done but that if I'm doing it I'm I'm assessing it and taking care of it from a sustainability perspective and that you know um, we were talking about swag about you know uh, merch like every single piece of merch that I saw has been vetted for its environmental impact so you know, we, on our website, we talk a lot about, like, our T-shirts and where do they come from and how far did they have to travel compared to maybe a normal T-shirt. Um, our hats, our, you know, flasks, our glass, everything. Um, but that's just, like, one small thing. It has to do with the fact that we're 100% wind-powered. We offset or, you know, absorb more than 100% of the carbon that we emit.
0: You're 100% wind-powered? hmm Really?
1: Yeah. We're in a partnership on that, so we don't have the turbines, but they're all Colorado based turbines, and we buy, we don't you know, bring in any uh, coal or natural gas fired electricity for wow. anything we do. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, like we, we I mean, it literally affects every single dis- purchasing decision that we make. Um, where our foods come from, we work with a lot of local farms. Our sugarcane relationship um, is with families in Louisiana that are growing non-GMO sugarcane. Um, not field burning, They're, it's not human harvested, it's machine harvested. It's, um, you know, their their uh, whole mill operation is biomass operated. It's a, it's, it goes deep. Um, because I know a lot of companies, you know, they throw a solar panel up on a roof and they're like, woohoo, we're green, we're sustainable, or like a beehive somewhere. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, it's just not how it is, you know? And I'm not trying to be condescending or... No, 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 I see what you're saying. it's, it's not that's how it a, is.
0: Yeah yeah you're 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 at, you're at a very deep level with that it's it's
1: so we became a certified B Corp, um, which is I think the gold standard of third-party certification of all of yeah. our claims of environmental social philanthropy you know philanthropy everything we do to kind of be good stewards um, so we became a B Corp and then in 2019 we were honored as a best for the world company which means that of all the um, markers of of a B Corp, all the, you know, hundreds of different things that you do as a B Corp to be sustainable. We ranked in the top 10% worldwide. So we were like, not just in the zone, but like we crushed the zone. So that was really exciting to me because we, our B Corp score is 119. Okay. You know, we're one of only three distilleries that have the certification. We're the only rum distillery that has the certification. Um, but average score for a B Corp is about an 85, something like wow. that. And so, you know, we are out, even outperforming other certified B Corps. Yeah. So, and that's what I've started to compare myself to is like the Patagonia's of the world. Yeah. I you got should. to hear the CEO of Patagonia speak at the B Corp conference in LA this year. Wow. And I just like literally like wanted to like, follow her around like a fangirl She Rose she's just like she blew my mind what she said everything she said just rocked what's my her world. name I can't remember her last name but Rose is her first name I'll check her Ma- out I mean, uh, a, begins with an M I think
0: I'm a uh, I love Patty. where's my oh, I got my she's, jacket under here yeah, yeah I love their stuff I, and I'll that's the thing you. see because what happens is which you know I believe this is that you get people that they you know the peop the people that um, care about that, that care about your story when they hear that story. As when I, I didn't really know the Patagonia story until like whatever ten years ago, and I saw this speech that Bond gave uh, called "The Education of a Reluctant Businessman." Mm-hmm. Have you seen that on I YouTube? Have, yeah, yeah. And it blew me away. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's the coolest way that I've ever heard to run a Think business." About it, right. But it's 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 so wise too because. You're putting, you know, purpose first and the profit just becomes the byproduct. profit It follows because you wind up building. It's, it's like the difference between focus on stuff that you can measure. I get into this a lot. Like things you can measure that are black and white. Like I can measure my revenue and my profit and all this kind of stuff. But what I can't measure is like the way I make people feel. Right. And when you make people feel a certain way, they sit there and gush on a podcast, you know, about your brand. They, you know, buy your stuff and then they... Will only buy your stuff. Like, I mean, I literally yesterday, I was freaking out because I couldn't find my Patagonia, uh, like, rain jacket, windbreak, or whatever. I used to ski no more. And I had another one. Lauren, my wife was like, why not that one? I was like, because it's not Patagonia. (laughs) I want my Patagonia. Like, it matters to me. No, it does matter. So, what you get is you get this core audience of people that really, really care, and then they become your advocates, your you know, ambassadors, your, your sort of de facto sales force, if you will, that go out there and then they tell other people about how great your brand is and they sell for you and then it just, and then they sell your story and your story resonates now, not only because of they hearing it from you, but they're also hearing it from your customers. You're like, oh, let me tell you about Montana. Here's how they do things. And, the, and, well, then it, and
1: One of the coolest things about listening to Rose speak was she, she spent the first 20 or 30 minutes of her speech just listing the various you know kind of like I just did like this is what we do yeah and that list was pretty incredible yeah but then she's sort of at the end she's like and you know our, our profits are up 64% in the last two years you know and and she was saying we are advocating for elected officials in that are advocating for you know pre- land preservation in Utah like those are the kinds of things I've been told ever since i started a business like no 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 you do not affiliate yourself with a candidate you might advocate for an issue right. or you might say you know we we are in you know we care about this but you don't then contribute to the campaign you know if you're a small craft company or if you're a local company or if you have like i do like a huge population of people coming from out of town out of state to come and support you and patagonia's like yeah whatever
0: (laughs) well the reason being that you'll the theory being that you're going to alienate a lot of people that don't agree politically but but (laughs) you'll galvanize your your people that do and so
1: i've always known like i'm already super niche you know like i'm making rum in the mountains of colorado I'm, you know, early in the day, I was making craft cocktails with rum when no people were like, nobody does that. Why are you doing that? So what the heck? It's just one more niche, you know, way that I exist where I'm just going to be okay with saying sustainability matters to us. And, you know, politicians that advocate for sustainability and business matter to us. And, um, you know. I'm just not gonna apologize. I've stopped apologizing for a lot of things that good. Yeah, you know, I stopped apologizing for you know being a woman, um, you know, and trying to get c- credibility. I was like, I'm just gonna assume I have it. <laughs> so.
0: Well, you should, and you know, and, and what's great is that the more you, the more business does draw a line in the sand and draws bright lines around what they believe in. It just tie- it brings all the more people in that that didn't know. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very wise way to run a business. I mean, it it really... um, You build this more and more loyal, outspoken group of of brand followers who who love. They don't just... I say that. I mean, it's what we, at our small level, with our small company, try to do, too. I don't, you know... We're not here. We don't want to just be just. Well, we just paying forty bucks a month to use your scheduling software. We want we want to have something that's more meaningful to the people, we right. serve. That's why we're sitting here right why now. We're sitting here, know? yeah. Um, well, okay. So I was telling you, I gotta do some FaceTime uh, FaceTime math homework. I think. Let me see if yes. I'm still on track here. We may have to ramp up. Uh, let's see here. FaceTime. Yep. Okay all right yeah that's
1: okay
0: well we got an hour in that was good it was good that's good stuff i mean we could talk for four <laughs> hours to be honest with you i could talk to you all night um okay well then we'll wrap and uh all right, thanks again like i said my first, pleasure first one on here three times we've done close to 200 episodes um had some folks on twice
1: well, and You're- I, you know, I know it probably sounds like I'm just making a shameless plug, but we couldn't exist without ScheduleFly. Uh, like yeah. we, we live for it. And, you know, we're sitting here in the space where I have 31 employees, you know, who interact with an app and it's just like makes life possible. So it goes both ways. A lot of mutual respect.
0: Love it. Love <laughs> it. Um, folks, that is a wrap. This place is awesome. Uh, okay, so what do what folks do? You're in all these 40-some-odd states, whatever. If it's not in their liquor, like how do we get Montana rum?
1: They should go on our website and, and click the link to find the rum. Okay. And we try to give as much information as we legally can. There are okay. some crazy weird rules about what we can say and not say. Yeah. Um, and we, do, we try to do a really good job making it available at least mailing into states that don't have distribution and then giving good information about our distributors so people can say at their local liquor store like they are distributed by you know uh national distributing company in georgia or you know young's market in california so that's who you need to call to get it and i'm going to come back next week and see if we did <laughs> that's how <laughs> we've grown All it's right. a little bit you know it's a lot to expect of our customers but they do it which that's is awesome great
0: Get some, y'all. It's this I, I, It's this combination of authenticity, love, passion, really clean Colorado water. That stuff is good. It's yeah, crisp. It it's clean. It's awesome. Uh, that's a wrap, y'all. More coming soon. I'm going to hit the slopes tomorrow, and uh, I hope I don't break a leg. All right. See y'all.